Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Lord, we just uh, we just thank you this morning that we are up and Adam, uh, that we are listening and here to uh, enrich our lives with your word together as a body of Christ. Lord, I just thank you for uh, everyone that is up this morning on the Zoom call and everyone that is listening later on this podcast. Lord, I just thank you so much for um, your disciples that are just wanting to dig in further and understand your word and your wisdom for us uh, and how to go about this life so we can have eternity with you. Lord, we just, um, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, in our families' lives. I pray a blessing over everybody on this call and listening later, uh, and all the families that are represented by those people. Uh, Lord, I just pray that this word be yours and not my own. I surrender myself to you this morning. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right, let's go. Woo! All right, I see a couple... Not too much. Let's keep our hands on the wheel if you're driving there. So we're good to go. <laughs> but um, awesome. So one, Peter, four, this is a great continuation to some of the amazing stuff that we've already been hearing. And it's really going to help tie in uh, some of the stuff that's uh, been talked about earlier. Um, but unfortunately, today we're going to talk about suffering. That's uh, a It's a major theme in here. Um, but as much as suffering is most often talked about in a negative form, this is all for good. This is all for good. And we're going to talk about why. All right. So let's start. I'm reading out of the New King James as I typically do. Uh, verse one, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live <clears throat> the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, rivalries, drunken, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dis dissipation. Speaking evil of you, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to God in the spirit. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that and what that's talking about. Uh, verse seven, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. 
as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is try you, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for this for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is, is sacrificially saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. The word of the Lord. So get a good stretch in because there's a lot of talking about us needing to suffer and go through suffering. But let's unpack a little bit of that and really see what is being discussed here. Um, you know, and that's not this isn't like the only area in the New Testament that talks about dealing with suffering. This isn't the, the first time that we see or hear about um, going through trials in our life. That's the whole purpose of the body of Christ is because Jesus himself even said, it is impossible for us to go through life without dealing with a trial. It is impossible that you won't run into them. It is impossible that in this world, in this fallen nature that we live in, that you won't run into trials and tribulations. If the God of the impossible tells me it's impossible for something, you better believe it. You're going to run through them. And I know everybody on this call and probably listening to this podcast has been through trials. Maybe you're going through one right now. Maybe you're dealing with one and probably yes. I think all of us can think of something that is not exactly perfect in our life right now that we want to either work on, or it's a constant struggle or a battle, or it's something that's maybe it's a consistent temptation of ours, uh, or an, a thought or a habit uh, that we want to kick and get rid of. Regardless of where it is in your life today, that is normal to go through it. It is normal, regardless if you're a Christian or not, to deal with problems. It is normal, Christian or not, 
to deal with problems. The issue is, is that we keep, we have this society right now that, you know, talks about doing everything the easy way, the live your best life, as we kind of have this little saying that some people can talk about when, you know, you're, you're just kicking back, enjoying a Starbucks and, and laying and, you know, relaxing on the beach or uh, floating in a pool or something. But that's not life every day. That's not life. Those are temporary moments that we do get to enjoy and praise God for those moments of being able to breathe and relax because we are constantly having to deal with some kind of suffering in our life. It's going to happen. We have this culture of wanting to be easy, wanting to get the quick way out, wanting to not work hard. We see that issue right now when is there a labor shortage as if there's a people shortage? There's no people shortage. It's a wanting to work and deal with it and get on and move in life. It's a trying to find the easy way, trying to find free money, trying to find whatever so I can sit on my butt and do nothing life. Trying to avoid suffering at all. That's the issue that we're seeing right now. That's the problem that we keep seeing as culture keeps growing. What, why, we, we have, why do we make inventions? We make inventions to try and make our life easier. Now, yes, there's problems and great inventions have come so that we can be more productive. That's the reason why automobiles came so that we didn't have to rely on horses and bikes anymore. You know, so we can go further and, and go faster and get more things done. That's why computers came instead of handwriting uh, papers and we and emails faster than snail mail and all of these things. So things can happen quicker. But that doesn't take away the fact that we have to go through suffering and we have to work in life and we have to do things instead of sitting on our butt and doing nothing. But we have this culture around us that keeps striving to do less and do less and relax and do less. Find the easy way out. Suffering's a part of life regardless of whether you are a Christian or not. But here's my point. Here's the point. And if you're a Christian, at least you can point to your suffering, your trials, your having to do something that it all matters because it's part of going towards giving God glory and your eternity. It's all part of that. Is your suffering for something or is it for nothing? If you don't have a reason for your suffering, it's for nothing. But we can say that it is a trial, it is a test. It is a testament of our faith of going through things. It is a testament of us going through something and giving God glory because in our weakness, he is made strong. In our weakness, his glory is magnified by giving us strength through the things that we get through. And therefore, we get to say that everything happened for a reason. God makes what is meant for evil, good for those who love him. But for those that we know 
And we all know somebody in our lives that just says, I don't believe this stuff. I don't, I don't believe in a God at all or whatever. Then what are you suffering for? What are you going through life for? Where is the meaning in your life? And we see that even more over and over that people are not just trying to seek easy, but they're trying to seek meaning. People are trying to find meaning and they're looking for it in money and they're looking for it in things and they're looking for it in in a bigger house or whatever the problem may be or whatever the solution they think it is. The get rich quick schemes are exactly that. They're schemes. They're schemes. There is no easy way through this life. There is no, I can just do it like this and it becomes easy. That's unfortunately a sobering feeling this morning uh, because I th- of that culture that we have, but it's also a refreshing feeling to know that at least in the faith that we have, this means something. This points to something. This points to something better and greater and holier than we are. And it also points to the God that loves us that gives us strength through these things, that gives us gifts to help deal with this, that gives us love and gives us each other. As a body of Christ, we talk about one of the four values or one of the infusion four here, and that's family. Understand that it's not just your immediate family, but it's the family within the body of Christ. That we are all family together and we're here to encourage and lift each other up. We're here to pray and help each other through those adversities. We have a community of people to help each other go through life. That's why Fight Club is called Fight Club for us men, so we can fight through life together. The whole idea in the first um, here is, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. It reminds me of Ephesians 6 talking about the armor of God. The armor of God, yes, it's not actual physical. It's spiritual helmet of salvation, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, all of that. That is that it's spiritual armor, but it's the mentality to get you to understand and be prepared for the fight of life so that we can be with eternity with our Lord. That's the whole point. Be prepared to deal with suffering. Be prepared to go through life. Be prepared to deal with adversity. Christianity is not about finding easy. It's about dealing with adversity for eternity. It's about dealing with adversity for eternity. All because of the name of Jesus Christ. We get to do this. We get to go through this suffering. We get to go through all the problems that we have because we have a savior that saved us from the the, the hell and the torment and all the issues that we have strength through him when we are weak so we can get through suffering. So that we can get through trials. So that there is a way of other way to turn than to just keep finding a different sin to cover the other sins, right? 
we see this in other people that they have one issue, they try to quit an issue. And what they do is they actually find another issue that becomes a, a, a different way of consuming their time and consuming their life that's just as hurtful, but different. It's, remember, there's 360 degrees all the way around you, but Jesus is the way, and he's only one degree. Any other degree in the 360 is still the wrong way. If you turn left and right, you're still going wrong way. You have to go towards Jesus. We see this suffering is for a point. But he hasn't given us this life with nothing. The point of this, the treasure that we must seek is not your bank account. The treasure we must seek is not the things of this world and having more things. Having more items in your house, having more pets, having more, uh, God help you if you, if you think that having more kids is, is the answer. Um, I know some of us, Jeff is over there laughing and it's like, that's definitely not the answer. All right. Kids don't fix a marriage. Kids don't fix your life. <laughs> You're just adding to it. None of these things help fix it. The treasure of life is the wisdom of God. We must be seeking God's wisdom above all else. We must be seeking that. We see that and what that's what he's talking about and saying that we've done for we have spent enough of our past life in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walk in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. He's saying that all of your wisdom of thinking all of those cultural things that that people like to do to try to you know, wind down or chill out or, or feel good um, or just, you know, drink away the, the pain or any of these kinds of uh, activities or worshiping false gods, which could be anything. That's not the wisdom that we must be seeking. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them. People that don't understand our faith don't understand that wisdom. They're not going to have the spiritual eyes that we have because of the blood of Jesus. They don't have that. And so they're going to say things against you. They're going to, they're going to, but here's the funny thing, as he's saying, they're going to say evil things against you. They're going to speak evil of you. They're going to try to, you know, if it will, peer pressure. But all of those things are actually a testimony to God of your faithfulness to him and not the world. When we don't give in to peer pressure, when we don't give in to our friends that are still doing these things that aren't coming to church, that are that we're praying for, that they see the light of the day, of seeing the light of what Christ does for us. But they're living in darkness, but they don't understand that because the disco ball is, is popping. They, they think that's where the light is, is at the parties. 
but we know where the light is. And his name is Jesus. And it gets us away from these things that hurt us. But we see this. This is the wisdom that we must have. This is the wisdom we must be seeking. You want to get past your issues? Seek God's wisdom. You want to help that family member out that's just painful to watch in your life, going through what they deal with, and not, or not seeing the problems that they are just around. I mean, like some of us know we have somebody in our family or a good friend that they're just, they're just a walking hot mess. They're just a walking hot mess of life. And you just see it. You can see it around them. It's just like this aura of hot messness. It's, it's just ugly, right? You can see it because you have spiritual eyes. You understand that it's like, oh my goodness. Like if you just had a little bit, like a tiny drop of God's wisdom, you would understand how jacked up and stupid your decisions are and continuing this like foolishness in your life. And you're just praying for them that they would get it. And, And then they're the ones that are going, why do you waste your time at church? Why do you waste your time on Sunday morning when you could be sleeping in? Why do you like waste your time doing all these things? And it's like, guess what? I may have suffering just as much as you or dealing with issues, you know, everyone's going to deal with it. But guess what? I have the wisdom of God to get through it. I have the wisdom of God to help me overcome it. I have the wisdom of God to still have my finances get through trials and tribulations while you're still fooling around wondering where you're going to get gas money from. I have the wisdom of God to get through things. And you're just dying for this person to get get this and understand it. But they don't because this fog of just a hot mess life is around them. This suffering has a meaning and a purpose so that we can follow and go the path of God. So that we, we can be with him. So that we can understand and on top of it through our actions through our deeds through our prayers through our our life and being able to have joy through the suffering we pray that others are able to see it we pray that through the fog of their hot mess life that they're like wait a minute there's a light through this fog and it's nicole benowitz what are you doing what's going on in your life it's so amazing you, I know some of the issues you're going through, but you still have a smile on your face that is just lighting up my world and it's coming through my fog. And I just, I want to understand what is it in your life? And you just go, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jeff, I know what's going on in your life. I see, I see the issues. I see like all the kids and all the craziness and all this, what's going on. And, 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 but yet you're still so happy. You go through all these issues at work, but you're still so happy. Why is that? I have purpose, and his name is Jesus. And when we go through these sufferings, it's a way that through our weakness, he is magnified, he is made strong because of him and the light of him shines off of us and hopefully penetrates the fog of these people's lives. And they can come and look to us and go, wow, how can you smile through the pain that you're going through? How can you smile through the sufferings around that you're dealing with in your family? It's because we have the hope 
and the love of Jesus Christ in our life. So we must seek the wisdom of God because that helps us get through things. That helps us reflect the light of Christ to others. God's wisdom gives us the steps that people just go, wait, you, you got through that? It's like destroyed me. How did you get through that? And it's like, it's all Jesus. He paved the path for me. He gave me the wisdom of the steps I needed to take. So that I didn't go through these worldly ways of trying to numb the pain, that it gave me wisdom to get past it, overcome it, and be above it. We see these other things that God has given us. One of the biggest things and the greatest gifts that we all have, we all have it in the body of Christ. Verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. We have the gift of prayer. We have the gift of communication with our Lord and prayer for one another so that we can invite God's power and his hand and his wisdom and his discernment and his healing and his provision and all that is he is, his faithfulness into our lives and to other people's lives so that he can change the course of people's lives because of Jesus. Prayer is so vital. It's so important. Every Sunday, prayer team's up front. Every service, prayer team's up front. Every connect group, prayer is available. Every meeting, prayer is available. Every soap, we pray. We are a praying church. Prayer is vital for us. Vital for our church. Prayer is vital. Be specific. Be serious in your prayers. Be watchful of what you pray for as well. And here's what I say. Too often, we pray for wants and not enough for needs. We pray for wants. And when they're wants, they're fleshly desires. We need to pray for needs and the needs of the Lord. What does the Lord need for us? Not for what we want. What does the Lord need in our lives? What is the Lord's desire? What is his will? May his will happen. May his will come to pass. May his will be glorified. May our prayers be very pointed, serious, specific. I love that word. Right, Tom? Obedient. That's not a word our culture likes. Our culture hates that word. Our culture wants to say that that's, a, that's an oppressive word, that that's, a, that that's an evil word, obedient. But obedient is the direction of blessing. Do we understand that? That when we're obedient to the Lord, that that is the pathway to blessing? Obedience is the direction to blessing. So may we continue to look at this as these sufferings are a point in which we get to magnify Jesus, not only in our lives, but for others. 
and we all have prayer. We must be praying more. Can I urge you today to take five good minutes to honestly be praying for somebody else today? For somebody else today. And in the chat, will you please put a prayer request right now? Who do you need prayer for? Who do you need prayer for? I will specifically take this and I will pray for it today. Who do you need prayer for? But also you take five minutes today, sometime, either it's right after this call or it's when you're done driving or whatever, that you have five dedicated minutes to pray for somebody today. Believer or not, it doesn't matter. That's the power we all have. That's a gift we all have, is to be able to pray. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, this is one verse that sometimes people take out of context or take further than what it means. That some people want to point to this and say that, well, if I love enough, my sins are okay, and I don't need to uh, give my life to Jesus. Unfortunately, this is one that you'll see some people try to pull things out of the Bible to say, well, I'm good and I'm good to go. But understand this love will cover a multitude of sins. It didn't say wash it away. It didn't say take it away from the judgment of God. It didn't say that sin, your sins will no longer be remembered. Only the power of Jesus does that. It says that it will cover it. Like a band-aid over a wound, the wound is still there. It helps it. Love helps heal. Love helps move on. Help, love helps protect. Think of what a band-aid does over a wound. It covers it. It keeps it from getting infected. It keeps it from growing. It keeps it from getting uh, further injured and all of that. But the wound is still there. Only Jesus is the full healer. Only Jesus is the way to the Father. Love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't say all. It says a multitude. It says quite a bit, a lot of them, but it doesn't say all of them. Love is great. Love, we must be loving one another within truth. We must be loving one another. We must be loving those in and out of this faith within truth. And it covers a lot of sins, but it doesn't wipe them away. It covers them like a Band-Aid. And it's good. We need Band-Aids, right? My little two-year-old girl, if she skins her knee, right? I'm going I'm to wash that boo-boo and give a little kiss and put a nice Band-Aid over it. So her wound can heal. So that nothing else could hurt that wound. So it doesn't get gangrene or it doesn't get infected. It doesn't whatever. It protects it and it lets it heal, but it doesn't wash it away. Only Jesus washes our sins away. Amen. But be hospitable with, to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. 
all of us in the body of Christ have received different gifts from the Spirit. Right? We've all received different gifts. Those are not for you to be used selfishly. Those are gifts to be re-gifted to other people. Yeah, and I know in our culture it's kind of like, oh, you done re-gifted that birthday present? Like, that's kind of like, uh, you know? But here, that's the whole point. That's the... That's the great thing here is that the gift given to you is to be regifted to other people, is to help lift them up. That's the whole part of the body of Christ. Guess what? I have gifts to give to you, and I, I am waiting and expecting for your gifts to be used towards me and vice versa. And that's part of the whole wonderful community of our family in the body of Christ is to use those gifts for each other to keep encouraging and lifting each other up to help us get through those things, help get through the sufferings and the problems and the temptations and the trials of life. That's what they're here for. You all have a gift. I love seeing the pictures of Jesus and his uh, UPS truck driving around, just delivering gifts and packages to different people and I just imagine like almost him just blessing so, so many other people. And I've had already stories of different people saying, literally, Jesus is my delivery guy for UPS. And the light of Christ has come from him, from just being the delivery guy at his house. And they have joined Welcome Home and been part of Fusion Church. Because of just, just him coming to their house, delivering packages with a smile of Christ on his face. The gifts that God has given him are extraordinary and wonderful. And guess what? It's not just for Jesus. It's for all of us. All of us have different gifts. Some of us gifts of prophecy and this and that. And some of us are gifts of administration and, and processing and, and systems and, and whatever it is. There's so many different gifts and they're, they're all scattered out. Apostle Paul talks about them uh, all throughout in Corinthians and, and different areas. Find, understand and learn and ask God, reveal and give me the gifts you want me to have in my life so I can magnify your name and build up your church. Use your gifts. If you don't know them, learn. Ask. Seek. Seek, and it will be given to you. Amen? One quick thing. I, I did say I was going to talk about it, and um, it was back in verse 6. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. This is one of those verses that this is just a quick, um, uh, a lot of people go, well, I don't understand this whole uh, Jesus thing, because what about the thousands of years before Jesus came? How did those people get saved? And right here, it's talking about that. The biggest thing that saved people uh, prior to Jesus was believing and understanding and waiting for the Messiah was believing in him and that he ministered the gospel to them and those uh, to even the dead 
So this is kind of like a big, this is a deeper theological thing, just kind of a quick nugget of what that's talking about. But it's pointing to the fact of all of those that believed and understood and waited for the Messiah, that everything that we see in the Old Testament that pointed to Jesus, Isaiah 53, all of that, everything, the tabernacle, all of the things that pointed to him, everything that points to Jesus, all of those that just believed and just like, Lord, I'm believing in your Messiah. I cannot wait to see his face. I can't wait. The gospel was preached. Boom. And the dead are also taken into heaven. So one of, these are one of the things I want to equip you with. And I like doing these every once in a while, because if we look back to just yesterday, we talked about this, having a defense for the faith that we hold dear in verse 15, 1 Peter 3, 15. We must have a defense for the faith in which we have we hold dear. And these are just what we call uh, in the Christian world uh, apologetics, all right? Apologetics, you're not apologizing for anything, all right? Apologetics otherwise comes from the Greek word apologia, which means to have a defense for. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're running around saying, I'm sorry for Jesus. No, no, we ain't sorry for nothing. You ought to be sorry that you're not... Uh, following him. That's what you need to be sorry about. But um, so, yeah, it's just having a defense for the faith that you have a hold dear. And that's part of understanding of why we have the faith that we have. Why you have the faith that you have. And a lot of us, you know, we have our testimony of how God has stepped into our lives. God has awakened and opened our eyes to the truth in which his name is, you know, and some of us, and I, I loved it. I love learning um, some of the other things, the historicity, the, all of the uh, facts of why the resurrection is m such a fact actually in actual history and that he bodily rose and all of these things where some people go, well, I don't know. Did he really rise as a full body? He just wasn't a spirit. It's like, no, downing thomas finger in the side touched his wounds he ate with people spirits don't eat with you it was it's just all these things that help build your faith by having evidence for it we do not have a faith that has no evidence we do not have a faith that has no evidence we are evidence-filled faith that's why Jesus appeared to over 500 people. We see it all in the, in here, it says, go back and talk to those that have seen the risen Lord. Because at the time of some of these writings, many of them were still alive. We have all of this that we can point to. And I say that because we go back to talking about suffering and that it's all for a point. It's all for eternity. It's all to deal with the adversity of life for eternity for our Lord, because our Lord is not giving us some crazy faith that has no evidence for it. We have evidence for our faith. We have a reason for what we do. We have a real reason to deal with the suffering. So it has meaning in our life and it's not worthless and it's not absent-minded and we're not just going why am i doing this we're saying yes i'm doing this because jesus you give me strength in my weakness so i 
I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, let's finish our week strong. Let's go into Friday and go into Saturday and start our next week on Sunday with fervent fire for our Lord and knowing that we are getting through adversity, that this life is not easy, but we have the strength because of Jesus to get through it and each other. And each other. So again, Let's pray today. Let's hold our head up high. Let's put on our armor of God. Let's be prepared for the fight because he's given us the strength and he's already won. Amen. So let's walk in victory today. Let's pray. Lord, we just, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for, Lord, you know, in, in all actuality, we thank you for the suffering. We thank you for the trials that it's just another way of telling our flesh to understand that you are magnified in our weakness because you are strong. Your strength is magnified through that. May your light reflect off of us to build your kingdom. May your light also strengthen us to build and strengthen the rest of our church, Lord. May we be that person that's just bringing others to Christ, that are bringing others to understanding the fullness and the truth of who you are. Lord, we just thank you today for your word and encouraging us that through our suffering, it's not for, it doesn't go void. It has a purpose. It has a reason. It magnifies and glorifies you and it gives us strength and it gives us a reason to keep fighting. Keep fighting for that eternity. Lord, may we just continue to glorify you. May we raise each other up. May we spend five minutes today in prayer. May we just spend five minutes today to just pray for somebody that we want to grow, that we want to come into the kingdom, that we want to help others through their suffering, and that they see the reason for it. And they see the greater reason. Not just some earthly little minuscule reason that they're dealing with the problem, but the full magnitude of your eternity. Lord, we just thank you today. We pray for your presence to be on all of us as we finish our week strong and going into the next. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.